0: This episode is sponsored by Privacy.com. It's like a burner phone for credit cards. To sign up for free and get a five dollar credit, go to Privacy.com/goG. That's five dollars free to spend anywhere you want by just signing up. Privacy.com/goG.
1: Grumpy old geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and I'm Brian Schummeister. Got a little follow-up on the people in a tube thing that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Microsoft has jumped into the fray now mm-hmm. <laughs> with with uh, being found out that they are listening to some of your Cortana activity. But mm-hmm. the one that's really scary is Skype. That mm-hmm. uh, there are people out there who are listening to Skype calls. Now, as a caveat to this, this is only for when you're making calls that use the automatic translation. Ah, so they're trying to figure out if the translation is working.
0: Yeah, you know, I've, it's funny. I had some thoughts about this because um, I was out the episode that uh, you and, and Christopher Lockhead really talked about uh, the the first wave of this sort of stuff, which mm-hmm. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, but you guys got really into it about people listening to Siri and people listening to uh, uh, the ladies in the tubes, basically. And yeah. I, I've just thought, of well, of course they are. Um, of course they are, because we know there is no AI. We know AI is people. The only way that these things are going to get better is through teaching them. And you need people to do that because the machine learning and the AI is not there yet. It doesn't exist. It is not good enough. You need people. The only way these products are going to get better is by them doing this. So it's not terribly surprising. I am happy that they're allowing you to opt out now that they've all copped to the fact that, that they're actually doing it. And you can opt out if you
1: want to. But this should be no surprise to us at all. No, I mean, it's because you have to have people that train the AIs. That's kind of the trick, you know, Mm -hmm. so if the people don't know what the hell's going on, that's what's going to happen. Well, Microsoft hasn't given you any opt out juice yet, so we're waiting on that one. But uh, well, I mean, there's a simple
0: opt out. Don't use the translation.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I love the title on this. Microsoft contractors listen to your Skype and Cortana activity, but don't freak out. because it's like look man everybody's got zero fucks to give anymore we've everybody's already freaked out <laughs> yep. now we're done now we've got tube fatigue yes. so it's it's is what it is so. well
0: uh, microsoft again has a pretty strong track record of of being pretty good about this sort of stuff so i will expect in the next few days they will be announcing opt outs
1: yeah absolutely in the news
0: Well, it's been a few days since Cloudflare stopped providing security protections to 8chan, which led to the site going offline. Uh, 8chan's leaders are trying unsuccessfully to bring the site back at the moment. God knows why. Uh, But some users have found a way to reach it through some rather unusual and potentially problematic methods. So there's a report over at the Daily Beast, which details how some users are accessing the site now via ZeroNet, which is a decentralized peer-to-peer network for hosting content that's similar to BitTorrent. So basically, the website is being hosted on your computer, which means you're probably hosting child porn.
1: Yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of a gotcha. Well, also, if you uh, have a copy of the blockchain for Bitcoin, you're also. Hosting yes, child you're also porn. technically Don't hosting child
0: that. porn. Don't forget that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. basically, obviously, this is a zero net works much in the same way as, as torrents do. So you're seeding part of the site. And by default, if you access uh, the site and you use zero net, you can download up to 10 megabytes of data from it to share. So, you know, if you want to get on, you have to share as well. So you can basically choose to download and seed more if you're inclined, but you don't really have much of an option about what it is you're hosting. So you could be in big, big trouble. The interesting thing is this zero net technology. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It I, is I think it's
1: pretty. Damn I cool. think it's a it's a great way to do a decentralized web. Like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that, you know, you might be hosting something that you didn't like. But the thing is, you're only hosting it if you go to the site.
0: Yes. So if you use ZeroNet for, say,
1: you know, themuppets.com, you're fine. Yeah, you're (laughs) totally fine. And I just, I really dig this. I want to dig, like, dive into it and see how it works. I kind of want to look into
0: it, too. I thought that was super interesting, the idea of just basically taking websites and making them torrents, basically, um, that you can then access through a ZeroNet browser, which is a bit, it's it's cool tech. It's really interesting. Um, Shame it's, you know, well, just like everything else. It always starts with the nefarious stuff, doesn't it?
1: Well, I mean that's the way the web works, yes. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank this God is... for criminals
0: and pornographers, otherwise we'd have nothing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a short hop from uh child <laughs> porn to blue apron, I'm that's telling you right. right now. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the tagline they're gonna go with. Probably not. Probably no. not. Yeah. No.
0: And related, I found an opinion article over at the New York Times, How to Force 8chan, Reddit, and others to clean up by Jonathan Taplin, who is the director emeritus of the Annenberg Innovation Lab at the University of Southern California, my alma mater. Uh, And he says a lot of the things that we have been saying as well, which is basically safe harbor laws need to be changed because they're not fucking platforms.
1: Right. Once they start modifying the content that you see, they're not just, you know, uh, hands off distributors. They're yep. actually publishers. They're publishers and, with,
0: and they're yeah. editors and they're making decisions.
1: Yes, with publishing comes great responsibility, and what should come with it are great big fat fucking fines. So.
0: Yes, 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 they should. So that's the gist of this. I, I know you had a couple issues with some of the points he made. I, I to have to be completely honest. I didn't read it all the way through because it's quite long. Uh, but uh, I just, you know, I like articles that basically say what we've been saying for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you like to live in your own filter bubble. I get I it. Do. I do. It's it. great. I am it's so, so awesome. Comfy. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like the Snuggie of... Uh, Information. That's right. So, yes, of course, the you snuggie see net, Jason, the Net. Oh, that's what we need. Snugging Uh So this is uh, at the very end. He says changing the safe harbor laws so that social media platforms are held accountable for the content that users post would incentivize Facebook and YouTube to take things like deep fake video of Nancy Pelosi and the Christchurch shooting videos more seriously. Well, sir, you need to do your research because that was <laughs> not a deep fake video of Nancy Pelosi. Somebody just slowed it down. That is true. Which, it
0: does not qualify as a deep fake.
1: Yes, which really kind of pissed me off because it's i a very altered end, video at the very end of the article. I'm like, OK, well, you have just lost all credibility with me. God damn it. So but we do need to revisit safe harbor rules. Yes, and, yes, uh, we absolutely have. to.
0: Out. It's getting ridiculous. And let's I get on another. that, Brian. We're, yeah, let's we're, get on that. Let's do it. <laughs> I think we've been screaming or not platforms for six years now. And nobody's paid attention. <laughs> Nobody so.
2: cares. Yeah,
0: we've done our bit for king and country anyways. Uh, the tech lash has come to Stanford. I thought this was a very interesting article as well. As we all know, Stanford is one of the epicenters of computer tech and, uh, unfortunately has spawned many of the people that have ruined our lives and we scream about all the time. Uh, but you know, it's, it's where a lot of uh, people go if they want to get into information technologies and anything of that sort. And there's a lot of stuff around the area as well, like Palantir. It's a 15 minute walk from Stanford. And that's helped uh, when a group of Stanford students perched on the third story of the parking garage across the street from the company's entrance and unfurled a banner to greet employees as they walked into work. Our software is so powerful, it separates families.
1: <laughs> oh, Damn! Damn! Zing!
2: Zing! Ooh.
0: <laughs> so basically, the kids are pretty woke at this school, and in a good way—not uh, in the you know we can't listen to anybody else's opinions way that a, a lot of higher education is gone. But the, these kids are basically saying, you know, we like technology, and we don't like what's being done with it. We don't like these companies. We don't. We're not a fan of Google. We're not a fan of Facebook. We're not a fan of Palantir. And uh, there's a group that has started called Slap students for the liberation of all people okay might want to workshop that one a little bit kids
1: yeah yeah Um, stanford's known for its tech skills not really their marketing skills
0: (laughs) that's true the marketers come from (laughs) berkeley um so that was founded by stanford freshmen the winter after donald trump was elected president at first they focused on concerns shared by leftist activists around the country but they've kind of morphed into basically a technology complaint department obviously they're listening to our show yeah so yeah, so they're, they're just doing a lot of protesting about it. They're they you know when Facebook and Google uh, come onto a uh, campus to do their you know their, their recruiting drives, they're getting harassed by a bunch of these students, and that's uh they're they're waking up a bit about uh, the dangers. I, I have some hope for this coming up generation here.
1: Well, I wouldn't hope too much because to pay back that Stanford education, you basically need to work at Google or Facebook. So I don't know. This is, hand that them. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a fair um, point. So this is a fair point. Yeah, unless these kids come from pretty nice, you know, uh, family money, uh, they should probably like, you know, temper their their rage at this point and work to fix things from the inside.
0: Rage within uh, the machine.
1: Hey, there you go. Rage within the machine. (laughs) Now, do you remember a while ago we talked about uh, the lovely state of Illinois when I lived there? I Mm -hmm. can't remember which time it was (laughs) when I lived there.
0: (laughs) It all blends together.
1: It does all blend together. But Illinois passed some facial recognition, uh, basically laws that say that companies can't really use biometric data without explicit permission. And Facebook has been collecting data on Illinoisans for a very long time. So Mm -hmm. there is, of course, a class action lawsuit claiming that Facebook illegally collected and stored the biometric data of millions of users that live in Illinois. You might be able to get into this and get your two dollars. I can, I think, but uh, I, they, well, I was going to say Facebook deleted my account, but we know what that means—nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It's still there somewhere. But yes, I lived in Illinois, and I was on Facebook when this was actually going through. But I have not been part of the class action, so I don't know. I, since I moved, I—I I don't think I'll get the postcard for my twenty-six cents.
0: Nah, too bad.
1: But anyway, what they what the ACLU is saying, and uh, everybody is saying that this is uh, this could be an actual decent fine for facebook instead of this you know little five billion dollar joke
0: more than five billion so that could hurt maybe
1: (laughs) maybe maybe but uh yeah uh u.s uh, court of appeals in san francisco said the lawsuit can proceed so we'll see how this is going to play out yeah definitely see how this is going to play out
0: i'm excited about that we'll see what happens Uh, we have some good uh, news for once (laughs) maybe Well, here's some not good news. Uh, Speaking of marketing, Amazon's doing a bang up job. Sort of. Okay. So they've had a flurry of negative coverage recently and coming from us as well. Last month, uh, denouncing their treatment of its warehouse workers. We've talked about the different stories that we've heard about people having to basically take a. Key breaks in line while still working. We've heard about the gamification of moving boxes around, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this this week, uh, the company shared a different kind of article on its Twitter account, an essay from an Amazon worker that sang the praises of his employer. Its piece was uh, published on the intellectual dark web publication Quillette, which called Amazon Mm -hmm. a financial lifesaver and derided critical reporting on its working conditions as tourist journalism. Unfortunately, it began to immediately attract criticism for promoting a publication that publicizes dangerous ideas like race science, because Mm -hmm. Quillette is not the best site in the world for these sorts of things. You think they could have just gone with medium.
1: Medium. Like everybody else.
0: (laughs) But in addition to that particular story that was published in a not the best place, uh, Amazon. Why didn't they just
1: put it on Breitbart? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Amazon is on the Daily Stormer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, now they're basically pressed some of their warehouse workers into additional work to become Twitter ambassadors for the company and their jobs. These so-called FC ambassadors joyfully tweet about how great it is to work in Amazon's fulfillment centers and then try to quell persistent criticisms of the company. Uh, they have talking points. They get free cupcakes in an actual break room. Uh, they Ooh. say Amazon takes safety seriously, even posting cartoons at water fountains, reminding them to stay hydrated. Is who this, is this daycare? the fuck needs to be reminded to drink water besides my three-year-old son i was gonna say <laughs> is this daycare <laughs> i don't know uh and they say it's easy to get paid time off while others have accused amazon of pressuring them to work long hours including six-day work weeks so yeah the uh the reverse uh public relations is in full swing hopefully they are getting paid extra for their social media work i doubt it
1: doubt it doubt it yeah.
0: And speaking of Facebook, now they are trying to sell you video subscriptions as well.
1: Okay, this is this is the
0: dumbest thing I've read in a long time.
1: They're not <sighs> yes. even doing good video. Like everybody they're, they're,
0: else <laughs> is doing it, why not them? <laughs> yeah. But yes, they're not doing anything good because they didn't seem to want, even though they have the money. They didn't. Well, maybe they're holding it back for this class action lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, for the fees, uh, yeah. <laughs> they have not. They're not buying in on HBO or other big networks. They are starting with smaller things like Taste Made and College Humor. Although, I guess, I suppose, to a certain degree, that's that's targeting the younger audience right because you know they watch those kind of channels while you and i not so much
1: yeah but isn't college humor free on youtube i've never heard of taste made but taste
0: made is a it's it's mostly cooking and food stuff in fact i actually ran across taste made just last week so you know i've got a little bit of that are they listening to me thing going on here <laughs> but not really because i was looking up online cooking classes and they have a number of them on taste quite nice are they any so, good maybe i'll get a uh, facebook
1: I, account and sign up
0: I am going to take the uh, Mexican cooking class, but I'm going to take it directly from their site, not through Facebook, because Facebook will never get my credit card number ever.
1: Right. Or the 30% that they would take off the top. So go straight to the source. Yes. We'll review that on the show when you finally do it, because I'm curious about that.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm going to hopefully try to start it next week. So we shall see. Uber.
1: Uber. Has
0: more than 100 million users, they say. Yay. (laughs) Buried under that they lost
1: 5.24 billion dollars in one quarter well to to be fair (laughs) 3.9 to be fair 3.9 billion is the result of the ipo and they had to pay out you know stock awards to employees i'm just gonna
0: say jason as i've been running my business for 20 plus years if i had a quarter where i had lost 1.24 billion dollars i'd be wondering what
1: i'm doing with my life um yeah i don't know (laughs) I would be amazed that you had 1.2 billion dollars to lose. Oh wait, they don't. Why, pay us it's other not. People's it's money. other people's money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They did pay out 298 million dollars for driver appreciation awards. Mm. Ooh. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: You get your two dollars, and you get your two dollars, and you get your two dollars.
1: Well, they've got 100 million users. I wonder how many drive. Are they lumping in like users and drivers in the same pool? I don't because, know.
0: That would be interesting to find out. I, I'm sure it's in the numbers somewhere, but i I just can't. I can't look at Uber anymore. It's just yeah. weird.
1: I had to use them recently, and uh, it was a fine experience. It was a fine experience. We had no other option uh, because Lyft didn't have big SUVs, so we had to use Uber. And you know, it did what it said on the tin. It didn't cost a lot of money, and we got a nice car. So, there you go. Yeah, it, at least we I mean, we actually did talk about taking scooters, but then we're like, we've been drinking for six hours. It's probably a bad idea for us to get on a scooter and we don't have helmets.
0: So, there you go. Good. Good call there, Jason.
1: Yeah. See, listening to this show really makes me smarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the drinking for six hours in the hot sun probably not doesn't so know. much. <laughs> yeah but we're at the zoo. What do you want to do? Anyway, Uber and Lyft have finally admitted that they are making traffic congestion worse. They're like, no, our services are going to cut down on traffic because everybody's going to use our service. Well, I would, turns I would, out do, my, I
0: would do my shocking here, but some, some user or listener wrote in and said he hates it. So there you go. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to do it. This is not surprising at all. I've been screaming uh, about this since they first started uber drivers pull over in the middle of the road they they never pull out of the way to pick up stuff they just stop in the streets wherever they want to they do illegal u-turns whenever they want to they cruise up and down streets really slow looking for people it's absolutely ridiculous they follow no no rules of the road at all
1: what do you think what do do they think they are scooter drivers
0: i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is not surprising of course there's there's all
1: these cars on the road that are just driving around waiting to pick up people now hmm yeah called deadheading it's, mm-hmm. it's just like taxis you know yeah but uh, they can't go sit at the taxi stand because you have to pick them up on the app whereas taxis can like you know wait in queues where they're supposed to be for yes. until they get get a ride but there are it's no kind of like docked scooters they're docked cars they are they are <laughs> docked dock taxis yeah anyway this next one really pisses me off mm-hmm. oh man so yelp yes yelp the you know basically a bunch of other scumbags who we've talked about many times who, you know, they strong arm people into paying for their services and, and promote nasty reviews for people who don't pay up. It's just extortion. It's strong mm-hmm. arming and extortions protection money. Um, it's, it's just like, you know, what do they think they are? Fucking Italian. I mean, I know, <laughs> th- I know these rackets, what they've been doing now is they've been adding in a phone number for delivery for different restaurants and, basically moving down the actual place's phone number and replacing it with a Grubhub number. So they, they're, they're hijacking the yep. actual point to point interactions with the restaurants themselves. So right. Grubhub can take a cut. And so Yelp can take a cut. So you have to like click on the information link to get the phone number for, for an actual restaurant. It's like, you know, questions and information. Well, That's ridiculous. Yep. It is ridiculous. I god this cannot be. This cannot be legal. <laughs> it really can't be. <laughs> They're just a platform. Well, you know, once they start editorializing <laughs> the phone numbers and the actual business, uh, no, and, I mean uh,
0: this it, this should be illegal. They shouldn't be able to do that. It's it's absolutely in a world where we've, you know, the white pages and the yellow pages are just gone and we're using these private companies. Um you know it's it's sad it's just sad that this is how everything is going that everybody is just so damn evil
1: yeah and it's just cutthroat and stupid mm-hmm. and you know it's just short term gain and in reading that article i found another one that really made my blood boil <laughs> github has been i'm mean, sorry not github grubhub, grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be funny if github was buying restaurant domains that would make no sense <laughs> would you like some open source sauce on that <laughs> Grubhub has been buying tens of thousands of domain names that resemble those of businesses they either work with or are pitching to get on the platform. They own as many as 23,000 domains, and then they make landing pages that resemble the official business.
0: No, oh, that's got to be illegal.
1: That has to be illegal. Oh, it's my one God. thing to
0: buy the domain names. That's nothing. But then when you're actually consciously creating websites that mimic the real business, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, they should be sued into the ground for this. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, this is just, oh my God. I mean, talk about a class action lawsuit right here. This is it. Everybody yep. who has a restaurant, get on this because, you know, the, uh, this is, this, this makes my blood boil. It's like, guys, be ethical with your business. I mean, you're, <laughs> oh, I forgot, I forgot what year we're in. <laughs> <sighs> oh.
0: This episode is sponsored by Privacy.com. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online.
1: Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their amazing browser extension and very convenient mobile app.
0: We all buy stuff online more and more. In fact, that's often the only place we buy things these days. And privacy gives you a temp credit card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. That alone is worth the price of admission. And oh, yeah, the price of admission is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do with the interchange fees paid by merchants.
1: You know how skeptical we are of free services here at GOG. And since these guys actually have a business model to back it up, they get the Grumpy Old Geek's seal of approval. I actually reviewed this product when they first launched, so we're not just pimping them because they paid us. We're both actual customers and love what they're doing. It is so damn convenient.
0: If you use a password manager, and why don't you if you listen to the show, you should use this. You don't use the same password everywhere. Why use the same credit card number?
1: Sign up takes less than two minutes, and like I said, it's completely free.
0: So far, they've saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges.
1: About 2 million of those were me. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. And cards locked to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. And you can protect yourself from online fraud with the virtual credit card numbers. It's fantastic. And you can delete cards anytime and kiss those forgotten subscriptions goodbye.
0: To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up privacy.com slash GOG. This one is a no-brainer. Get on it, people. Privacy.com slash GOG.
1: security. Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire podcast. The Cyberwire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in the lovely state of Maryland. Mm. Dave is also co-host of the Hacking Humans podcast along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. Welcome back, Dave.
2: Hello, gentlemen, and Brian, welcome back. Well, it's good to be back. Yeah. How's everything going?
0: good can't complain i was going to ask you if there's any follow up on the the great city of baltimore have you guys uh come out of your of your uh, cyber heistings
2: um my sense is that things are slowly but surely returning to normal which i think for baltimore means that uh they're still way underfunded and understaffed and all that kind of stuff right like many <laughs> cities these days <laughs> but uh no n- nothing new really uh, it was okay. a hard hard lesson learned for them, I think.
1: All right. Well, I have an interesting story to start off the show with, kind of a light mm-hmm. story. <laughs> it's by Joel Stein over at Bloomberg, and it's called, I Tried Hiding from Silicon Valley in a Pile of Privacy Gadgets.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: I read this, and I was like, okay, this reminds me of that series that we watched a while back where the girl was trying to get off, you know, the big five right. and yes. use alternate tech and things like that. But this guy took it a little bit more in the funny vein. Mm -hmm. And, uh, some of the gadgets that he got, I actually kind of thought were pretty clever. You've got these (laughs) IR reflective glasses that, you know, won't let uh, anybody do facial recognition on you, including your phone, which is a pain in the butt when you're trying (laughs) to log into your phone. Right. And, uh, I, he's wearing a license plate, uh, spoofing shirt, which has a bunch of license plates on it. So license plate readers will pick it up and, uh, some other stuff, but, It was just I thought it was a fun read. Did you guys like get through this one? It's
0: very funny. And I I love I love the one particular sentence he wrote in here. If I wanted to regain my privacy, I had only one choice as an American. I needed gadgets to combat my gadgets.
2: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Quite funny. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I, too, liked the license plate shirt. I wonder what that actually does. I mean – Does
0: that work just, when you're in your car and they're scanning your back license plate? I don't see that as working.
2: I think it well, might work as you're
1: walking down the street and you, like, pick up license plate readers in, and, and, uh, you know, crosswalks.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, but so it's helping think, other people. Yeah, yeah whole, it's <laughs> adding noise to the signal, I think.
1: Yeah, right. because of the license plate numbers, I do believe, are from abortion clinic doctors. So they're trying to add in because people will oh. take – People will take the license plates of abortion clinic doctors and harass them and try and find them. So this shirt is by an activist who like tries to work for you know, proactively for abortion clinics and Ah. security at abortion clinics. So she made this shirt so it it, it actually does add to the noise with the license the license plates of the actual doctors. Which is a clever
2: idea. Right. I yeah okay that's I like that that's that's very interesting that's a lot more uh, there's a lot more to that than I than more I got than I realized as well yes mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. it got me thinking about uh I wonder if you could wrap your car do a vinyl wrap of your car in other license plates ooh ooh would, that's a good one would that mm, be I like that would is that <laughs> is that legal I don't, I don't think see the law has caught up to that yet, has it? <laughs> yeah, I think we may have. I'd found say it's a legal for now, <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you, you still have your real license plate where your real license plate goes, but
1: yeah, it depends on how good the recognition and if it's if it's looking in just one spot when it does the car scan and says, "Okay, this is where the license plate should be," but I'm guessing that it's just trying to recognize a rectangle with numbers in it.
2: Yeah, because, because license it, plates are all over the place. Right. And so. it's it's coming to the camera at all different angles and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, although I did see an interesting bit of AI recently um, where – it was just video footage, and it was tagging – it was reading the license plate, but it was also tagging the car, the type of car, the brand of car, the color of the car was, the model year of the car. Like, it was – Yeah. <laughs> it, it
1: Can tell it tell me, me when I
2: got to get an oil change next? Right. So I'm sure that's exactly. in there too. Right. So, yeah. They t- the the – Front tire's low on air pressure. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It scanned the stick figure family stickers in the back window, so now it knows how many people are in the car at any point in time, or in the household, mm-hmm. yes. It right. knows <laughs> I have a
2: Rottweiler. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that the Empire doesn't care about your stick figure oh, family. Ah, my
0: favorite. I want that so bad, <laughs> but my wife said no.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I. Uh, yeah, that's what it made me think of. I, I agree. This is a fun article, of taking something to the extreme, which, which also, as an American, was his, his duty. So I, my hat's off to him.
0: Also, you know, also the end where he basically just throws his hands up in the air and says to hell with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he says within three weeks, I got tired of being careful. My Faraday bag is somewhere in the back of my car because I like to use my phone for GPS and playing podcasts. I stopped wearing my reflecticles, which are the glasses, which is a great name. I got to say reflecticles. reflecticles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't scrubbed my old tweets away with Jumbo in a while. I use my Visa to buy stuff from Amazon, which it delivers to my house. I plugged Alexa back in. Dan Gilmore of the ACLU wasn't surprised. He says, I don't think the fix to privacy is something that can be done by an individual alone. In the same way, I can't solve the pollution problem by recycling on my
2: own. Hmm. Right. That's, so, yeah, that's a good way to say it. it I did find some me... good software in here, though,
1: that my pseudo software, which lets you get new phone numbers and email addresses that are disposable. That's actually a pretty good service. I'm going to try mm-hmm. that one out.
2: Yeah. And reasonable,
1: too. It's not not expensive. No, it's 99 cents a month. Yeah. And they do and he does PimpPrivacy.com, which is a sponsor of this show, and <laughs> which I still recommend everybody use anyway, because the subscription fees will kill you. You can just go in and turn them off. It's great. Without having mm-hmm. to sit in tech support hell for two hours.
2: <laughs> right. It reminded me that uh, I actually have here at my desk I have an RFID blocking sleeve. Yes. And it's from NSA. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Somebody yeah. I had. I, well, that's I, it works on ninety nine point
0: yeah. nine <laughs> nine percent of scanners. Just or, not ours. Right. Exactly. Just not ours. Or does it?
2: Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I had somebody in here. I was interviewing from NSA, and part of their swag package. Which, first of all, NSA has a swag package. I uh, want. I want. <laughs> next time, get two, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was this NSA RFID thing? So. Actually, Jason,
0: by just saying that, uh, they'll be sending one to your house
2: right yeah (laughs) that's all i had to do (laughs) yeah thanks guys like like nsa doesn't already have your dna (laughs) yeah
1: that's actually pretty funny we've been waiting on the fbi report for my roommate for a long time now i think she put in the request back in april Mm -hmm. and they keep pushing it every time she like follows up it's like oh like it was going to be here at the end of june then now they're saying sometime in september because well, it's because it, they have to know, keep transferring
0: files back and forth between the L.A. and Chicago offices they continue their investigation of you, Jason.
1: <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. But it's interesting how long this stuff takes. And there's you have no way to really light a fire under their ass. No. And they don't even tell you how much it's going to cost. You have to pay no. for it. But it's like, OK, am I getting like, you know, just a manila envelope with 12 sheets of paper? Or are they going to show up to the house with like 15, you know, legal boxes of of paperwork right it's all been redacted you know yes
2: right right and you have to pay for all the black ink <laughs> yeah exactly how many L marcos did this cost you know right or even worse inkjet printer cartridges oh god <laughs> yeah so i i put this next story in here um this is the the folks over at pentest partners have uh come up they they've discovered that there is a group sex app called three fun that's the number three and the word fun Mm -hmm. and this is an app that is used by people who are looking to hook up with other folks to have threesomes okay as you do Mm -hmm. um and it says it right on the tin right there and The reason I included this story was just so I could say that one of the things that they have done is they've identified users in the White House and the Supreme Court, and I just want to say, (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg is even more of a a, a badass than we thought. (laughs) Serious.
0: Can you imagine being on this app and she comes up?
2: I mean, you'd have to, right? Just for for the story. I think you'd (laughs) be constitutionally obligated <laughs> somehow i i don't know but uh sorry i'm downloading the app right now i'll be right yeah back. <laughs> set vpn for washington dc that's okay. right yeah you'd have to be the dissenting opinion if you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Oh so I, I wanted you guys to take a look at this article because there are some there's some details in here. They dig into some of the technical things. The <laughs> folks over at Penn Test Partners, uh, this is what they do. And this seems to me like just so incredibly sloppy with the information that this is giving away.
0: One would it's imagine absurd. it's not a very high. Uh, uh, there's not there's not they're not making a lot of money here. So mm-hmm. I'm not terribly surprised that perhaps they didn't spend the most amount of money in building their app and making sure it's secure. But even at that level, when you're doing an app that... <laughs> Involve (laughs) such activities. You'd probably not (laughs) want
2: that app to be leaking near real time locations of you at all times. So here's the great (laughs) part about that is that the folks at Pentest Partners disclosed this on July 1st. They say, they say, we contacted three fun about this on 1st of July and we asked them to fix the security flaws as personal data was explode was exposed. They replied, Dear Alex, thanks for your kindly reminding. We will fix the problems as soon as possible. Do you have any suggestions? Regards, the three fun team. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well,
1: let's just say
2: let's use TLS
1: SSL for starters here because you can send plain text text API requests and just get (laughs) JSON back. If you just look look at at the maps, there are pinpoints
0: in the White House. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. This is amazing. 10 Downing Street, (laughs) U.S. Supreme Court. You horny little bastards. You. (laughs) Uh...
2: The heart wants what the well, heart wants yeah <laughs> you used to get into rock
0: and roll for the sex but it looks like it's politics these days
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah wow
0: government. excellent well uh yeah i'm i'm hoping that they sent out an email to their users i'm sure they eh. didn't Probably. no i'm sure they
1: didn't <laughs> and it came up as four to one four straight men for every straight woman
0: yeah little did you know your threesomes now included four to five million other people that can now
1: see your data you're definitely gonna get screwed if you use this app, just not how you thought.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> oh man. And speaking of getting screwed, Instagram had a marketing firm called Hyper that has been basically scraping stories and tracking data for any public user for a very, very long time. And right. have you guys have you guys dove into this one yet?
2: Uh, not deeply. I, I read the stuff you sent over, and it's—I mean—it's fascinating and and horrifying in a way we've we've come familiar with. <laughs> yes, <days>. exactly.
1: <laughs> because Hyper is a trusted marketing partner of Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think the
0: moral of of this particular episode is: don't trust any company that has a three in its name.
2: <laughs> right. Yes. Hmm. Hyper yes. is using a three instead of. instead of very clever very Mm -hmm. clever Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah uh well i of course this is happening Uh, this is not shocking i I still can't well i mean i guess people think that they're influencers and whatnot and they're making money off the platform but i don't understand anybody that still has open open social media profiles um i i I guess i do for twitter but i don't do anything on twitter that isn't really kind of related to the show uh everything else i have is private and it's weird to me that, that people aren't Private with their social medias, but
1: or hey. is it private? Mm-hmm. Or is it? Yeah, I guess.
0: But I mean, they they are making the point that they only scrape things from publicly open open profiles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which technically isn't really illegal. It it violates the terms and services. Yeah,
0: it just violates TOS, which you know nobody's read anyways. It's not illegal. The the data's out there,
1: open public. Yeah, that's what you've done. <laughs> As Mulder would say, the data's out there. And, but yes. how much?
2: How much of of how much can they get from you if you've made your stuff private but you're friends with someone who's made their stuff public how much of that how much of your stuff you know it's kind of like when they gathered up everybody's address books because everyone's connected to everybody else
0: my understanding with at least with instagram would be that they would only be able to get the photo a photo if you'd been tagged in it and Mm. it was on their public profile so you you'd they'd have you tagged on a photo but that's all that they would have of
1: you yeah they wouldn't get you don't it like Instagram doesn't leak the data of the private users. You have to be like you know authed in to get that private information because it doesn't really do the friends of friends thing like Facebook did. Like Facebook,
0: like, yeah, they, yeah, they don't build out social networks in quite the same way.
1: Yeah, the social right. graph is much tighter. The social graph, on, I mean, yes, yeah, it's it's much tighter on Instagram. So
0: not that Facebook wants to keep it that way.
1: I'm sure they're oh, of working on not. it, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huh. But uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And of course, there's not going to be any repercussions from this whatsoever. No. They were just, no. they were, you know, they, well, they, even now hyper, they're still like listed as like hyper
0: a, will probably eventually just rebrand themselves under a different name. And that'll be the that. pooper yeah. with an E and a yeah. three.
1: Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I I think this is just, you know, standard operating procedure and we're going to see this. As as we keep going, it's just I don't know if it was just clickbaity to make it this public, but I don't know. Mm It just seems like they're doing things that anybody can do, you know. Right. But the fact that they're doing it as a trusted marketing partner with Facebook is what kind of makes it a little bit egregious because, you know, yeah, I mean, that has to know.
0: I 100 percent know that we talked about a previous story about uh, uh, I believe it was a UK based company that was doing the exact same thing. They just weren't the trusted partner of instagram Mm
2: -hmm. which i guess suggests that facebook or instagram aren't doing a very good job of auditing these trusted partners
0: well if you Uh, don't trust
2: facebook why would you trust any of their trusted (laughs) partners True, (laughs) the transitive rule of trust
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, you've broken the trust circle Mm -hmm. please step out and I thought this one was interesting, because it seems kind of like a tempest in a teapot, but I want to get you guys read on it. A Boeing code leak exposes security flaws deep in a 787's guts, and this is over at Wired. Mm-hmm. And this is a uh, security researcher Ruben Santa Marta, mm-hmm. got into basically a source code repository from Boeing that they'd left unprotected on the Internet <clears throat> AWS, I'm sure. And <laughs> this guy went through the code, and he thought he found some ways to jump systems inside of the plane's network, because planes networks have like three layers. You've got the open layer, you've got the middle layer, and then you've got the completely trusted layer for the avionics and navigation and things like that. Right. And this guy thought that he found a way to move things between those networks. And Boeing came back and said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. You've only got like 85% of our code. You don't have the whole, whole shebang, and you don't have a plane to test it on. So what you're doing <laughs> is just kind of you know you're making suppositions here and they're very you know it's just not it, it's not responsible to say this stuff out loud and well, how do they know he doesn't have
2: a plane to test it on
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes did, did anybody try and check his cv because ruben santa marta works for peter teal who has seven 787s <laughs> right, right. to fly into new zealand at the yeah, drop of a hat
2: <laughs> exactly he's located in the eu or the um the um not the EU, the um, UAE is what I meant to say. He's right. the, the UAE. Those are two yeah. di- very different things. Yeah, very Sorry.
1: different things. <laughs> yeah, we so. um,
2: we did some follow up on this today um, on the CyberWire and um, Boeing. Like you said, I think I have the quote from them here. They say that extensive testing confirmed that existing defenses in the broader 787 network prevent the scenarios claimed. And the FAA has looked at it, and they say that they are satisfied with Boeing's assessment of the issue. So the FAA took a well, look at it as well. I guess the FAA we...
1: also took a look at the code, didn't they, before the plane crashes? It's The 737 MAX.
2: Yeah, so can we trust the FAA now?
0: That's the, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Mulder. Trust no one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, mm-hmm. if you want to go across the ocean in a ship, that's fine. Uh, you, you, <laughs> no thanks dreamliner yeah, exactly right i'm yeah, just gonna assume ain't, that ain't there isn't somebody trying to hack
0: into it while i'm yeah. on board
2: when i mean I, it's funny i was gonna say when planes start falling out of the sky then i'll start to worry but that's kind of what happened with the 737 max so exactly. i guess i shouldn't i guess <laughs> i should uh yeah i shouldn't be so uh flippant about that So this last story I put in here, this is actually a video over on YouTube, and it's called Pac-Man Ghost AI Explained. And Mm -hmm. I put this in here because I know how much Brian loves that everything in the world is called AI. Thank God we had (laughs)
0: AI back in 1982.
2: Right, right. But But I think there's more to this than just laughing at that part of it, which I think is laughable. Because I think those of us who, first of all, it's a It's a pretty cool video. I I recommend you Mm -hmm. watch the video. It's well made. It's interesting. Um, And I think those of us who grew up and spent a lot of time playing arcade versions of Pac-Man, if you asked us and you said, what are the personalities of the four ghosts in Pac-Man? We could probably tell you. Right. Who's the most aggressive ghost in Pac-Man? I can't remember their names right. The now, red one, Blinky. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the red one, <laughs> yeah. The red one. Right, the red one. Right, and yeah. the little uh, turquoise one who I think is Clyde is the kind of the dumb Slow one. Slow and
0: kind of dumb. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: So what I what I find fascinating about this is that those personalities are generated with very simple rules. And this video explains what those very simple rules are. But mm-hmm. through those very simple rules we recognize intent and personality and you know <laughs> and that each one of them of these little ghosts is is its own individual and i thought that was an interesting cautionary tale or interesting insight into how do we define ai and what does it really mean and how many rules do you need to make something seem as though it's thinking in a different way than another thing is and yeah so, what's
1: the what's that tipping point on the anthropomorphization curve that's like, right. exactly what yeah, i was yeah, thinking yeah,
2: there's yeah. definitely some of that going on yeah absolutely.
0: And, i mean the the interesting thing about all of this stuff is just a, a small number of rules combined with another small number of rules really quickly becomes extremely complex mm-hmm. and that's kind of you're seeing complex behaviors based on just a small amount of rules uh with the four to five different iterations and things that they're responding to so uh and plus they're also trying they're responding to human insanity as well because right. they're, <laughs> right. they're they're responding to a pac-man that is following no rules whatsoever right well i mean some of us did because some of us kind of figured
2: out how to get past the first <laughs> few screens well we, right. like, some, some <laughs> of us like yeah. me bought bought the book and learned yeah.
1: the first hundred patterns so yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly
1: And the thing that that I
0: really thought of immediately about this, and this is more for for you, Dave, and I, is can you imagine our kids being enthralled at this level of a computer game anymore? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) I cannot imagine my son sitting down and playing this and being into it.
2: Well, I have a story that kind of relates to that. I was in the attic. uh, This is probably a couple years ago. I was in the attic. And I happened upon my old um, AFX slot cars, right? The little okay. you know, electric, electric yeah. slot cars, little Love those know, things. Plastic, yeah. yeah, exactly. We all did. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited. I brought them down from the attic, and I set up this elaborate setup on the on the living room floor. And the cars they still ran and, and I'm zipping the cars around the thing and, and I call my boys who are at this time it was probably, I don't know, fifteen and seven or something, and I'm like, Come on, boys, I wanna show you. This is so much fun and they come over <laughs> and they look at it and they're like, That's it? Like, what do you mean that's it? <laughs> yep. Like, you're just <laughs> yeah. I mean the car's just going around on the track.
0: I mean, you yeah. You can't control it with an
2: app and Chat with people and get hardcore pornography out of it? Right. He's like, Dad, on on my iPad, I'm sitting in the cockpit of an car, and (laughs) it's all happening in 3D around me, and it's in stereo on my headphones, (laughs) and it's, like, real. This is just the little plastic car going around on a track. And I was like... That's all yeah, we I, had. I guess, it is I guess, all we had, yeah. I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It is, yes, I you're right. May... He doesn't
1: understand the nuance of the skill that you have to use the trigger and lay on and lay off going around the corner That's so the back end I, doesn't yes. slide out. That's you know, what I
2: thought. Yeah, we didn't always have magna traction. Yeah. <laughs> Man.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well.
2: But you know what? I, I mean, uh, my, I think, some of these games like pac-man i think pac-man my my uh 12 year old loves to play donkey kong on an arcade machine yeah mm-hmm. right um i love to play galaga i think that is the pinnacle oh, i love galaga, galaga. Yeah. that's love the pinnacle galaga. of the little shooting aliens you know uh, the space invader concept that's the that's mm-hmm. the one i would have um, to i'd have to say gyrus for me is the one at the top uh-huh.
1: okay that's that, that that's my go-to because it had the stick uh-huh. that you swivel it was way more fun yeah, I, I'm definitely I a have, to guy. Say,
2: yeah, have to say you're wrong,
1: but uh, of course. Yeah, I, I, I know I have a dissenting opinion here and I will tell Ruth Gator Ginsburg as, later when I, when I hit
2: her up on her? the app. Yeah, okay.
1: As always, it's Jason, embracing your outlier status. Of course.
2: <laughs> so I think some of these have timeless status, but um, if yeah, if you if you introduce if you stuck a Pac-Man machine or the equivalent of a Pac-Man machine in an arcade today and said this is a brand new game, people would go.
0: Uh... (laughs) Also, it'd be like five bucks a play,
2: right? (laughs) true. like the
1: quarter it was for us. But I know I know that a friend of the show MXV, he had a sit down Miss Pac-Man that I kept trying to buy from him. But his his wife said, no, we're not selling that. We're going to keep that thing. And because his um, his stepdaughter loved it. And she was, Mm. you know, she was young. She loved to play Miss Pac-Man with her mom on the tabletop. Mm -hmm. Version. So, mm-hmm. you know, kids do like, you know, if you indoctrinate them to the old ways before you turn them <laughs> yeah. loose on the yeah. 3D extravaganza that's out there now, then, you know, there's there's still viable games. They're still fun. to well, play if you don't know what else is out there.
0: I still, yeah. think, I think that there's something to be said for the whole experience of having a, the cabinet or the sit-down version. That the, mm-hmm. the physicality of it versus, you know, if you just gave them Pac-Man to play on their iPad versus the other games, I think you know you wouldn't have a shot in hell. But if you've got the box, there's there's a novelty to that. That uh, the physicality, which I don't think kids oh, these yeah. days spend a lot of time doing, yeah. so it's very novel for them. Yeah, yeah, that's why I hate the, like
1: um, and like I got uh, Mortal Kombat 11, and I I have like just the control pad, and I'm like this sucks. I can't play this game on this. So yeah, I have to go out and buy like a big console that sits on my lap so I can slam the buttons, move the stick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know, that's part of the game. The part of the game is like you said, Brian, that physicality to it. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think that still has legs when you can get really into it.
2: For me, it was every year when we would take our family vacation to ocean city and, they had uh, sit-down versions of the original Star Wars vector game, best oh, game ever, that. and <laughs> yes. that one and um, Spy Hunter, which I used to play oh, for the yes. soundtrack. Oil there slips. was a there was a sit-down <laughs> version of Spy Hunter where the speakers were behind your head. We had and, uh,
1: Mark Cantor on the show who did the music for Spy Hunter. Yeah, you get that. You get that really? Peter Gun, yeah. Peter oh, Gun ripoff. so yep.
2: good, so good. Yeah, yeah he programmed so that music. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. well. If you if you uh, if you Run into him. Please tell him. Uh, I tip my hat to him. He brought me many, many hours of enjoyment playing that game. <laughs> Not and a because problem. Because of the, you music, can go... the, yeah. the music. Yeah. The music is my favorite part of that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I, I recommend like, uh, going
1: back and listening to the Mark Cantor episode because he talks oh, all about how he yeah. did it. Yeah. Okay. I
2: yeah will.
0: That, that game was so enthralling for me. I, I grew up around the corner from Disneyland and, and we would get annual passes as your birthday present every year, or whatever as, as a 12 year old or in 10 to 12 to 14, even I would go to Disneyland and I would play spy hunter in the arcade rather than going on any of the rides at Disney. That's, that's how <laughs> right. insane
2: like this stuff yeah. was to us as kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. Well, thanks for digging up so. this
2: video. It's really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, check it out. All right, guys. Well, that is uh, what I've got this week. Uh, Jason, ha- um, have fun with uh, RGB. Mm-hmm. And, I will.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll, try not, I'll try not to break any ribs on her like that. Uh, yeah. no, now no. We, know, now yes. we know. She didn't fall down any stairs last time when she broke her ribs. First, She was, uh, no she was getting a freak on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
0: We'll right. be tracking your location
1: as you head over there, Jason. <laughs> Thanks <guys>. so <laughs> right. much. Okay. See you, guys. I'll swing by Maryland and say hi, Dave. <laughs> Excellent. Cops and doodads. All right, so I I mentioned on the last episode, I got my new MacBook Air, Mm -hmm. and I've been going through it. And I would like to point out that, yes, some of the things that I can do in my bed, I can do it for my iPad, but the things that I can't do, like Logic or Isotope RX7 Advanced, which I run all the audio through for the show, (laughs) cannot do that on an iPad. But I did do it for the last show. (laughs) One might argue that
0: since we discussed so much about the importance of sleep on this particular show, one should not be working in one's bed.
1: Yeah, see, that doesn't bother me anymore since I got the eight sleep bed. It's like here is what happens: I can go in my room, I can relax because my bed is just so damn comfortable now, Mm. and it's it's got the the water cooled and water heated aspect to it. So I go in there, I just you know crank down the temperature on the bed. It's nice and cool. I just sit there with my laptop, and then at nine o'clock, my my dome automatically turns on because it's app enabled, and as soon as the dome turns on, I know to close the laptop. Get the doggies ready and go to bed. It's great, right. you know. Okay. I've got I've got it down, all and right. I sleep I sleep more than most people that probably listen to this show. So, I got the thing, and uh, like I said, last episode, all the audio was prepped on it, so it's it's good for that. I would definitely say that you don't want to run Handbrake on it because <laughs> I was I was trying to test the processor on it and run the battery down because I was doing a fruit juice test or the maintenance cycle when mm-hmm. I first got it. Because Fruit Juice wants you to do a maintenance cycle to, you know, test everything, so you got to run it down to twenty percent from full. So I'm like, okay, well, I usually just use Handbrake for that, and the battery life on this thing is incredible; it won't die, <laughs> which is good because Handbrake takes forever. <laughs> it is this thing is not very processor heavy, right? I, I got, and I do only have sixteen gig of RAM on it, but um, yeah, it was very very slow. <laughs> For Handbrake, but everything else, even running Logic and running uh, Isotope RX7 Advanced, was actually really snappy. So, must be you know the way it encodes or does something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's really comfy, and I don't know what it is about the keyboard. I know they updated the butterfly mechanisms, and they're, ge- they're finally going to get rid of them. Um, this thing is really nice to type on. Right. It's a. I mean, it's a complete full size keyboard. The keyboard's mm-hmm. almost the same size as my 15 inch. So hmm. it's like I didn't have to change anything. I'm not used to it. The only problem are the stupid arrow keys because it's like the two left and right ones are full size, and then the up and down ones are half size. I hate that. I hate that so much. But this thing, I also forgot, comes with Touch ID.
2: Hmm.
1: It's got a little button on the top right. It's got the T2 chip, so you can use your fingerprint to log into different things. And here, the but it's it's really weird because it's unbelievably inconsistent. There are like okay when you first log into the computer, you have to type in your password. You can't use the Touch ID,
0: right? So it's the same if you're like unlocking with your uh, with your Apple uh, Watch, watch, yeah, yeah.
1: -hmm. Yeah. So log in the first time, and the first time you open one password, you gotta type in your whole passphrase. Every time after that, with one password, when you come in, you can just touch your finger to it, and it opens back up, which is really nice. I -hmm. like that part. Some system commands let you use the Touch ID. To use your password to do certain things like when you're you see, here's the thing. It's so inconsistent that it's really hard to tell what, <laughs> what it, <laughs> which lets it works do and what with it and which
0: it doesn't. Yeah,
1: because uh, you figure I just typed in my master password when I logged into the computer. So as I've been installing a ton of software to get everything installed that I need to use, I have to type in my password umpteen times mm-hmm. because it asks for the master password when you're installing software. You'd think that I could just use Touch ID for that. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> not really, except for some rare occasions where you can. It makes <laughs> no sense whatsoever.
0: You think that'll get fixed with the new uh, iOS up, or the OS update?
1: I have it, no idea. Do you idea. think they're just
0: lagging a little bit behind on, on cleaning up their code?
1: No idea. I was tempted to just say, screw it and install the new beta and just run that machine with the beta because it's coming anyway, right. like in a couple weeks. But uh, I, I skipped it. I'm like, I actually do have to get work done. So <laughs> just tidy that puppy up. Now, I also had to go get uh, Text Expander because I couldn't find the installer for the old version I have, which is ancient. And because I haven't really paid for it in, you know, six or seven years. Right. So I go to TextExpander.com. Guess what? Subscription, guess. Subscription model. Subscription. Yep. And I go to uh, Clean My Mac X to go do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I knew about that one. I'm still running Clean My Mac 3. Does the job. Yeah. And I don't have to pay a subscription.
1: So this thing <laughs> only has a 256 gig SSD in it. So I need to keep it clean. And I know that everything that's been installed on it is going to have just a ton of those language files that Clean My Mac will suck out. And I'll get, you know, tons of space back. Mm-hmm. So I bit the bullet. And because it wouldn't let me use my, You know, I I only have a one seat license and I keep that on my iMac. Yeah. And so I had to pay for that, too. Of course, subscription. (sighs) It's been it's been an interesting, you know, upgrade (laughs) cycle for this thing. Right. But all in all, it's a nice little machine. I mean, I love the air back in the day. I used to run run this show off of it. I ran a podcast with three USB mics run into a hub through GarageBand and did all the editing and everything on just an old Air. I mean, way back in the day, the old Air. So this one obviously doesn't have any fucking ports to plug a USB mic into. So (laughs) a little (laughs) little hard to do that one without 17 adapters. But uh, so far, I like it. The screen's beautiful. The True Tone is really nice. I didn't think I was going to like that, but it is actually kind of nice. You know what the True Tone is? You have it on your iPad, right? Mm -hmm. Where it changes the color palette to match the room. It's actually really, really nice on your eyes when you have that. So all in all, I think for the price, it was 1500 bucks because I got the 16 gig of RAM and the small SSD, the 256, because I never keep any documents on there. They're just all in Dropbox, you know, off in the ether. So yeah. it worked out pretty well. And uh, yeah, my poor old, you know, 2014, 15 inches, not long for this world going back to <laughs> going back to the recycle bin
0: ah Well, I've got uh I've got some problems with some app technology as well. My AirPods are starting to crap out on me. Already? Already. Well, it's been more than a year unfortunately cuz that's when the warranty kicks off. Of course. Um,
1: but uh Oh, I yeah. should That's oh, what that's right. I should point out that expect new airs in about 26 days after <laughs> my return policy has gone on this one. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, my yeah. my
0: AirPods are not cutting it anymore. They they start to lose battery life uh I get the beeping warning about ten minutes before the end of my normal fifty to an hour hour long bike ride, so they're oh, not sucks. lasting very long at all. Uh, and unfortunately, it's going to cost me sixty nine dollars per per AirPod to change the battery.
1: We'll just get the new AirPod twos well, with the I mean, uh, the wireless charging. That, but. Yeah, just get the new ones. Um, do you know these about are, the, these? Ear- are not cheap. <laughs> no, they're not not cheap at all. Do you know about the uh, the ear swap technique? Uh, yes, I did. That's not doing Okay. Anything. Yeah. Okay. For those, yeah. for those listeners who don't know if you're, you're on a call or listening to mm-hmm. something, you can take one AirPod out, put it in the case and it will charge up to like 80% in like a minute. Yep. And then you just swap it with the other one and, uh, you can just do that and it'll keep it going for a while. But, uh, yeah, the, the ear swap technique does work pretty well if you've Excellent. got a, got a, you know, the case with you, but while you're riding your bike that might be a pain in the ass yeah that's not really going to solve the problem for me with that so but, but when you turn around to, uh, you could just put them in for one minute while you turn around and get a drink of water and it should at least get you back for your bike ride without having to die
0: yeah or you know the incredibly expensive bit of technology i
1: bought could just continue to work for more than two years yeah that see that's weird because mine still lasts forever <laughs> i don't know you you might you might have got a like a pair of lemons But
0: I might, I might, yeah. So I don't know what to do about that yet. I I might just take them over to the Apple Genius Bar and say, "Um, what's going on here, people?"
1: Yeah, like maybe is there a way to do like a battery reset on them or something? Because yeah, something like that. I mean, have to look into it. If anybody out there has been
0: through this and knows, let us know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, please do because I know mine are first gen. I got them like as soon as you could buy them. Yeah, and they're still they're still working fantastic. That's why I'm not going to get a pair of the twos because I don't need them. Mine still work
0: and i have spent a little time now with philips hue i bought uh, 3 of the light bulbs you get the hub the hub is a uh, i guess i i probably should have looked into that a little bit more it's a bit of a pain in the ass cuz you have to plug the hub directly into your into your cable modem so Ew. there's that, that but uh you know whatever it's just a pile of junk over there anyway so it's just adding a little thing to the pile right no big deal Hidden out of the way. Uh, The light bulbs themselves are great. Uh, The color—I got the color-changing ones—and my, I'm, you know, my son loves it. He's like, Mm -hmm. he's making me go red, purple, blue, green, and uh, (laughs) you know, I just switch all the colors around. Uh, Some of the presets are pretty nice in terms of dimming and all that sort of stuff, and tropical lights and things of that nature. And it's fun to make my lights blue when I'm watching a Dodger game. Um, It's clever. It's fun. (laughs) It's it's nice (laughs) enough. The main problem is for smart lights. They're still not smart enough to be able to tell the difference between using a physical on and off switch and the app. And that drives my wife insane because I'll have shut it off with the app and then she'll try to switch it back on with the physical thing. And it's a whole hullabaloo every single time about what state is it in and how come the light isn't going on when I want it to go on, et cetera, et cetera. And if you have a physical dimming light switch, uh, it does not work well with those either. It just, uh, it does the fast blinky thing. So. Okay. so a little bit problematic there. Not smart enough for me yet. Uh, they need to, even if Philips needs to sell light switches that can communicate and stay in different states with the app so that they stay synchronized, I would I would buy into that. That would be a good solution, but they don't seem to have those. Um, maybe they should make them because that is the real problem for me right now is, is the when you have a virtual on-off and a physical on-off and they do not sync. That's the problem.
1: Uh, Good point. Good point. Uh, Have you tied them to the lady in the tube yet? I have. That's kind of a nice little uh, fix as well.
0: So it's 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 fun to be able to control them. But, you know, the problems with the lady in the tube, as you and I have discussed a million times, is you don't remember the commands. Right. So, well, you you just go,
1: you go lady in the tube illuminate and then (laughs) they come on and then you go lady in the tube red alert and they all start blinking red, you know, and then you get the Star Trek sound to play and then you're you're off to the races. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Come on, man. You are you were a hacker back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I will get into that more and more.
0: I've only had him uh, for like 2 weeks now and I was gone for one of the 2 weeks. Uh, but it's it's a good times. I I like the I like the idea. It just needs to catch up with the again, the the actual virtual versus physical on-off switches because un, unless that's solved, my wife will not allow these in the house anymore.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> You'll save them for your man cave when you uh, get That's a That's kind
0: of, they are in my personal lights, like the one by my bed right now, and then the one light that I use that my wife never used that by the TV, I wait until she goes to bed, and then I flip around with fun lights.
1: Okay, well then tell her to stop bitching. They're your lights. Well, I know how, you, I know you work on that with really your an roommate and
0: get those echoes back in there.
1: <laughs> I already gave them to you, I don't have any uh. left. brick a brick I've got a fun one uh, hat tip to Chris Lockhead on this one and all I have to say about this one is I want to believe these are <laughs> Romanian engineers have created a fully functional flying saucer. Did you kinda watch the video on this? It looks like a turtle. Kind of does. Kind of does. Yeah. Uh, it looks really cool, I think, and it flies really cool, and the tech behind it is really cool, but you know in 2 years when this thing's ready to hit the the production line, it's just going to be a weapon. You know? Oh yeah. The DOD is going to buy this, they're going to put cameras and bombs on it and it is going to be death <laughs> from above.
0: It's pretty cool looking though. I like it.
1: Yeah, definitely check out the the website and the just some of the write up on it is pretty cool. It's actually on Vice. And the uh the the way they've got the the science behind how it works and all that stuff. And it is kind of a janky prototype right now, but it does fly and I think they may have cracked the nut on the flying saucer.
0: They may have. They may have. It looks cool as hell. And I was speaking about the Dodgers earlier, as I'm a big fan, and I saw this in the news. Fans can now order concessions ahead of time and skip the line at Dodger Stadium after the Dodgers named Postmates, their exclusive on-demand delivery and pickup partner. So do the
1: Postmates people ride a scooter to your seat and give you your hot dog? No, it doesn't work that (laughs) way at all. You can just basically
0: order your food through the app and then you can go pick it up at designated pickup locations, which is not
1: a delivery. Yeah, what the hell? That's so I'm just stupid. saying, that's a load of crap. <laughs> let, let me go look up delivery in the dictionary and read it to you. Jesus. <laughs> delivery does not mean me get my ass out of my seat. I'll wait for the guy that comes around going, hot dogs, hot dogs, out dollars hot dogs. I'll wait for that guy. I
0: think that's going to be a robot soon.
1: That's fine, too. Hey, <laughs> come on. I, whatever. Get You can get pneumatic tubes if they come to the seat. That's still delivery. This is not delivery. It's DiGiorno. <sighs>
0: And a shout-out to Jason, who did all the paperwork uh, this week to get us on Radio.com. So you can now listen to our podcast there. Although I've tested it out in My Lady in the Tube, and it does not ever recognize our show. I can get to it through their website and through the app, but not through the Lady in the Tube,
1: unfortunately. How odd. I, know, uh, I odd. Used to be able to, I used to be able to just say, play Grumpy Old Geeks, and it would. It would well, grab you, can the latest still, episode.
0: you can still do that, but if, you do, if you're using the Radio.com app, you have to go openradio.com and then they ask you for what you want to listen to. And then if I say grumpy old geeks, it does not find us.
1: Oh, weak sauce, weak totally. sauce, tube, tube fail, tube, tube fail, <laughs> tube <laughs> fails. Oh, well, until next time I'm Brian Schulmeister and I'm Jason Filippo Thanks for listening to grumpy old geeks to support the show and keep us on the air. Go to patreon.com slash G O G tosses a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one time or recurring donation, go to G O G and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at gog.show 367. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.